0: Coming to you from the middle of the country, a new voice in politics, a show that is breaking away from the two-party system. In the middle, with your host Justin Staten. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm glad you made it back for another episode of In the Middle, and I've got another interview segment today. I'm really excited to bring it to you. I got a good friend of mine named Arthur Solomon. Uh, we've been friends for friends for a few years now, and uh, he's a real estate entrepreneur like myself, and. That's kind of how we met, was through a, a mastermind that we kind of strung together there in Springfield, Ohio. And Arthur just really has a, a super cool story, super cool background. He immigrated to the United States when he was a kid, had to learn English, start over again, all that good stuff. And, you know, he's built a great life, a great business. And I really wanted to get his perspective on the show. So without further ado, Arthur Solomon, hey man, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's good. I I've, I've been wanting to do this and of course, for those of you that listen to the Tim Sisler interview, they they kind of work together in the real estate world and I said on that episode on that episode that we needed to get you on, so I'm glad you had some time to do it. But uh let's just start with why don't you tell the audience a little bit about you, your background and where you currently sit on the political spectrum?
1: Yeah, like you said, you know, I'm an immigrant, came here, was adopted. My I'm originally from Tashkent, Uzbekistan, grew up there, uh, lived in Russia for part of time in a small little village in Kinyel. We had like barely any running roads and you had to go to the middle of the street, you know, get water from the well and uh, very, very different rural kind of a lifestyle, undeveloped kind of a city. So that was an interesting perspective in my life. That was for a couple of years. I lived with my grandparents, so I learned a lot a lot of uh, the old ways of how things were done and the struggles that my grandparents had gone through. So that, that was a very unique experience. I'm still close to my grandmother who lives in Russia and I still have family in Uzbekistan on my biological dad's side. And my grandpa is from Ukraine. So there's family there, but we didn't really uh, connect my my grandma, my grandpa passed in 2015. So yeah, I've got family in Russia and Uzbekistan and Ukraine. It was all part of the Soviet Union at that time. And it was all, there was no borders, but then it broke up in 1991. So we ended up immigrating to the United States in 2001. My stepdad, who was originally American, was a sales guy traveling all over the world selling technologies. So we ended up here in the United States, came here with next to nothing, lived in California, bundled up in my my dad's uh, sister's house and La Mirada California for six months you know we got a vehicle got a truck right? moved over to Scottsdale Arizona lived there for a couple of years and until 2003 and then came to Ohio in 2003 and to a middle of a cornfield so growing up all my life I grew up in kind of a big city and coming out to the middle of a you know middle of nowhere kind of yeah. so and that's where I stuck around went to college here and and made it my home you know my business is here my family is here uh, my partners are here so we like it here. I like the small town atmosphere. I really enjoy the people, the culture here, and people are very different. You know, like sue happy, for example, in California.
0: <laughs> yes, a little bit.
1: We, we just got a, pl- a place in Miami, and the guy said, uh, "You know, I could sue you in California, New York, where I used to be an attorney. I could sue you for having blue eyes." I said, "I, I didn't know how to how to take that." He's like, <laughs> "Oh, just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding." But, but he made it a point, you know, and that and um. You look at those areas, for example, politically leaning, like those bigger cities and uh, you know they tend to vote blue. I like the Midwest. I like the freedom. I like uh, I don't want to be boxed up in a little shack. So you're asking me, what's my where do I lean? I lean towards freedom. I enjoy freedom. That's why my family came here. Uh, we escaped from a country that was you didn't have a lot of freedom to start a business here. You can start a business. You can start. Uh, you can be an entrepreneur there it's very difficult to do so I'm all about uh, less government um, personal freedom to choose what you do with your life and I tend to affiliate with the let's go brandon crowd
0: <laughs> there you go but let's I like that the let's go Brandon crowd yeah it's a good way of putting it.
1: <laughs> I don't know man I, I, I can't say I'm one or the other I, I have friends on both sides. And they're rational. A lot of rational people, and I can understand and appreciate even people that that are on the brain train. They're very logical, mm-hmm. and they're very they're more emotional. Kind of more love, love, love at any cost, even at the expense of truth. Which that's where I draw the line. I can't speak love at the expense of truth.
0: Yeah, you
1: yeah. know, like a good parent's going to tell you, "Hey, you messed up. You know, here's what here's what you did wrong." Here's what you can do to correct it.
0: Right. Like there's more that's so well put because there's more truth or there's more love in truth than there will ever be in a lie. Right. Yeah. So let me ask you, Arthur, do you think, so it sounds like, you know, you're, you're saying you're part of the let's go Brandon crowd. So safe to say that in some ways you're maybe conservative Uh, Some ways, you know, do you do you carry any left leaning uh, beliefs or thoughts or are you pretty much middle of the road conservative?
1: Well, just for example, illustration purposes, I tend to think that we need to I'm all about helping others. I love to, And I think it's important that we help others. But I don't know that we should be, for example, pouring out billions and billions of dollars to other countries where we can't secure our own borders, we can't clean up our own streams and waterways from dioxins from this massive uh, plume that was in East Palestine because of that train derailment. Um, And I just see the lack of leadership and the lack of resources, quite frankly, to help mitigate the things that are going on here in the United States. Yeah, we're more concerned with other nationals across the world. And I have a I have a heart for those folks because my family is still over there, too. But I don't right. believe that we need to be cutting ourselves short. And the United States citizens pick up the brunt of, of this so we can have a global agenda, which is clear now, clearer than it's ever been. And t- thanks that Trump was in office because he bought us four years. We yeah. we would already be. I don't even know where we'd be right now.
0: Yeah, I feel like a lot of people believe that that you know that was that put at least a finger in the dam um, for a little bit. Um, so I want to I want to go back here for for just a second. So basically, I mean, it sounds like from the way you're articulating it is, you know, you love you love to help people, and I can attest to that. I I see your Facebook posts. I see all the things you do for your community and. And it's awesome, and so I—is it safe to say that, like, you you have you have freedom first principles, America first principles, but from another perspective, you 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 believe in community and helping community and raising people up rather than keeping them down? Is that a safe assessment? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's a nice generalization.
0: Okay, well, so there's something else I want that you mentioned. You mentioned not giving, you don't think we should be giving billions of dollars to another country when we don't have clean water, clean this, clean that. And I couldn't agree more, but you know, you have, you have a background. Like you, you know, you mentioned you got family from Ukraine, Russia, all these areas. So specifically, what is your thoughts about sending billions of dollars to Ukraine? Do you support the Ukraine war? Should should we support it? I mean, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, that's probably the most common question I've been asked. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. People, people ask me that all the time. What are you? You know, at, I didn't think it would happen at first. And then it did happen. And, you know, we don't, this has been going on since 2014. For any listener that's not familiar with the Ukraine conflict. Yeah. It's been going on for a long time. And for any of you that know Ukraine and the politics and, Um, the economy and how it's run and who else is behind the shadows controlling the puppets. I think that I think it's very clear now what's going on, and it has nothing to do with humanitarian things. It has nothing to do. It has everything to do with the United States setting up biolabs. And encroaching on Russia, which Putin has been in power 20 plus years. He's been talking about this stuff since the Soviet Union collapsed. Matter of fact, NATO was created to be what a deterrent uh, defensive kind of an organization. And now it's offensive kind of an organization. And now it's it was shown that they were involved in the Nord Stream pipeline. Right. So who's really in control? That's the question, you know, and now it's becoming more clear that the people that are in control, not even the United States government, so much bigger. And we're not even officially in the war, right? Right. But we're just sending weapons and sending. uh, There's mercenaries. I was watching the video today. There's mercenaries. uh, It was from South Africa, like all throughout the world. There's like they're sending mercenaries to Ukraine. Where's the money coming from? Oh, it's coming from us. (laughs) It's coming. Sorry. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming from us. And I I don't know what the end's going to be, brother, man. I don't know to what extent it's
0: going to keep going. I mean, the country is already in ruins. But I guess my question is, is do you, you know, having a background, you know, being from that, you know, area originally, do you support uh, the United States funding Ukraine at the rate and level that we are?
1: No, no. And there's no end in sight. See, they, they never set a, an amount. Here, we're going to help you out. Here's for humanitarian, earmark right. for what you're going to use it for. No, it's right. a blank check. Just keep writing blank checks. Yeah. And Ukraine has been one of the most corrupt countries for washing money in the world. Right. So, yeah. and with, with NATO, NATO encroaching, like I can see it from both perspectives. You know, if you keep encroaching, and I told you, and now you're in my backyard setting up bio labs, what if that happened here in Mexico or in Canada? Right. Oh, we'd be pissed. Yeah. So it's like we don't. We United States, we'll just go overthrow a government. How do you think? I'm just thinking out loud. What? How would you feel if someone's encroaching on? you? How would we feel as citizens of the United States if that was going on? I,
0: I wouldn't be cool pissed. with that. Yeah. We would. I mean, we would be screaming out at the. I mean. <laughs> We've got drug cartels pouring drugs into our borders and, you know, we're, we're yelling and screaming about that. I don't know how that much it's killing a hundred thousand Americans a year. I don't know how much different that is than building a bio lab in Mexico, but I kind of feel like we, I think us, the, the citizens would complain, but I'm not sure our government would do much about it. Just like they're not doing much about the, the drugs pouring over the border or trying to secure the border or, um, but you're. You're right. I mean, we would be mad and our leaders would probably rave sa- uh, sable rattle and do all the things that Putin is doing. Um, and I think for me, the better way to look at Ukraine is, you know, I support freedom for all people. Now, first and foremost, for Americans, right, American citizens, I, I, we we've got to secure our freedoms. Otherwise, we can't help any other country or people secure theirs. So, but I I believe that people should be free. And so I support the people of Ukraine. And if our government wanted to send humanitarian aid, you know, to help those displaced, to help those that have had their jobs taken away or been affected by the war, I'm okay with that. I I would be okay with that. But it also wouldn't cost us $150 billion to do that. Um, I mean, for 150 billion, we replace the entire GDP of Ukraine. <laughs> and I, yeah, I think, saw that. And I think that's egregious. You know?
1: Yeah. Well, so, you know, you look at the bigger perspective. So why are we in this war? So it's been provocated, been provocating, poking, poking, poking. And I'm talking about like the, the world system, not just the United States, which is a part of. Right. We have the biggest military. But which is the biggest country in the world right now? Which country has the most resources? Which country also, they're talking about having a northern route for shipping. There's geographic kind of things that are going on without going into too much detail. But you see, you see where I'm coming from. They have a lot yep. of resources, a lot of land.
0: So you think it's more about putting Russia in its place... And not letting them basically prosper.
1: I mean, look at the sanctions that they put on them. I think 10, 10 rounds of sanctions already.
0: I don't gotcha. know, man. It could be. You know what I is like- funny though about the sanctions is they're not working. Like <laughs> Russia's currency has improved since the war with Ukraine. Their economy has improved since their war w- with Ukraine. Like they're not. Like it, it. It's not working. It's not even doing what it's supposed to do and i i personally think that's why they blew up the nord stream pipeline uh to cut off one of their money sources because their sanctions weren't working uh um, and guess
1: who's buying up all that oil china
0: well do what
1: china's buying up all that oil oh yeah
0: oh china's buying up they're oh dude they're 100% going to go in an alliance and you know i think that's the mistake here is allowing Allowing that to happen. But now I feel like this Congress, this administration this administration has pushed that to being an, an inevitability. Like it's it's inevitable. It's gonna happen now. And that's not good for our interests and in not only keeping our society free, but you know, and I don't so much care to keep a global dominance over the rest of the world. Only in the sense that we're the beacon of freedom and the hope of freedom for billions of people around the world, and we need to be able to maintain that because you will still hear people in other countries say to this day, "America is our hope for freedom." And we got the truth. That's why why people alive.
1: That's why people pour across our borders because this is the greatest country in the world. This is the last standing kind of government a system that allows, you know, a balanced amount of freedom. I mean, and this is the reason, you know, my mom, when she was a little kid, she told me this all the time. She said, always imagine living in America. We're going to get to America. We're going to America. I said, why are we going to America, Mom? Because it's free. She grew up in the Soviet Union at that time. So I love to see my kids grow up in a free country. The legacy, the generational legacy to not live in bondage, but to live as free people. So that's why this show is very important. And, you know, thanks to all your listeners for tuning in. And But just listening to us talk is not going to change much. I mean, you might pick up a couple of nuggets, but what's the actionable steps that you feel people need to do to get involved?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. I I talk about it often and I worry I... I beat the horse to death too, too much, but immediately what people need to do, there's three things that they need to do like right now, immediately, one stop donating to the Republican party and the Democrat party. So if you have picked a side over the last 150 years of our two party political system, stop giving your money to the parties, right? If, If you have found a candidate that matches your values and and freedom values and constitutional values, and you want to support them, donate directly to that candidate. Do not give it to the the establishment, the political parties. Number two, if you have money in BlackRock or Vanguard, take it out now, now, there are put it in a self-directed IRA and you invest your money. Trust me. I mean, Arthur, you and I know lots of real estate investors who have built really nice portfolios using their self-directed IRAs to, to buy assets. So it can be done. And I recommend people get their money out of BlackRock and Vanguard because they own everything right now. And so all this wokeism, all this PC crap that just divides us even more is coming out of corporate entities, uh, the media, the corporate media, which is owned by BlackRock and Vanguard, and it's uh, educational institutions. And we'll have to combat those two, but that's number two, take your money um, out of BlackRock and Vanguard. And number three, turn off your TV. Turn off the TV, stop. Because if you're watching and you're consuming TV, you're keeping the corporate media alive because that's how they make their money is through advertisements. If nobody's watching, no advertiser is gonna give them money to put on their show. So turn off the TV, look for those those alternate sources of Of news and information like shows like this or go to Substack, you know, find these genuine uh, investigative journalists, people like Lara Logan, who she was a darling of the established corporate media when she was covering like Iraq, Afghanistan and all. But the minute everything went woke and crazy and out of control, she spoke out and they got rid of her. And they were like, bye, Lara Logan. She's one of the best in- investigative journalists out there. Did and you all see she James cares O'Keefe? about is the truth.
1: Did Do you what? see Project, Ver- Project Veritas let James
0: O'Keefe go? Yeah, I, I think that's a mistake for Project Veritas. Because for so long, in my mind, James O'Keefe is Project Veritas. Like, if to me, it was always it's James O'Keefe. And oh, by the way, he runs this organization called Project Veritas, but he was the one going out and and a lot of people don't remember this, but in the beginning, it was kind of a one man show. I mean, he was going out and doing this investigative journalism and blowing the lid and finding whistleblowers on all these stories. And then obviously that it grew and, and, you know, for, so for the board to come in and I don't know, dude. I I think after he broke that Pfizer story, mm-hmm. I mean, dude, exactly. people don't understand the power and control of the pharmaceutical companies right now. When you make nine billion dollars, you you can buy off and pay. And I just don't think people have the ability to wrap their mind around that kind of money. Um, And how little it actually takes to buy off somebody who lacks morals and character, right? It's not a large amount of money to do that and to get somebody to sway or change their mind or change a public statement. And I think a lot of people don't understand that concept. And and there's something else I talk about often, and I'm finish answering your question here i know it's long-winded but people got to get over this concept that there's not evil in the world and that there aren't people out there who will do bad things at others expense in an attempt at self-preservation or wealth creation or whatever and the reason i think for that is because most people are inherently good and when they look out in the world, they 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 rationalize by reviewing themselves, right? So they go, "I would never do that," like this Alex Murdaugh thing, right? I could never kill my child or my wife, right? So it makes it hard to tragic. believe that he could, right? Like because that like, that evil really exists. It's like the Biden family. I would never peddle the united states of america to get my son a job i tell him to get his ass to work and find his own job so i would never do that i can't imagine old scranton joe would do that that's how people rationalize this not realizing that oh trust me these people exist they will do wrong things they will commit evil acts to get ahead and, and I just think, and that's why, you know, and then when the the media and the government turns around and dubs you a conspiracy theorist, people are like, oh yeah, that, that's, a, that's a long shot that somebody would actually act like that or do that. That has to be conspiracy theory. And they dismiss it at that point because they try to turn it into an, because in their mind, because they're inherently good, it becomes an irrational thought inside of them. So anybody thinking that it's true is automatically irrational, but they're missing the link that people can be inherently evil and bad. And until people accept that, they'll never see the truth of what's going on, especially in Washington, D.C. So I hope that answers the question. Three things, guys. Stop giving money to the Republicans and Democrats. Pull your money out of BlackRock. Uh, Vanguard, turn off the TV. Every person can do those three things immediately, starting right now, today. Hope that answered your question. And I thought yeah. I was supposed to be asking the questions, Arthur. That's pretty no, good That's.
1: that's no, I just wanted to see what your thoughts would be. So what, do do, yeah, do. what
0: do you think needs to be done immediately? Because I agree. Like talking about this, you know, I've said this on the show several times. Just talking about it, Is not going to fix anything. We have to take action. So what are the things you think?
1: Well, for example, in states like Arizona, where Carrie Lake is just such a patriot and uh, is fighting for election integrity. And I've seen several states already declare that they're not using this like uh, electronic tabulating machines. And they all tend to be red states. So um, we need to make sure that we have trust in our election system number
0: one how do we do that
1: we need to demand it we need to take action we need to pull well, people there we need more people engaged in the process number one we need people to vote vote and not and not just to vote for like you said party lines i'd say that's that's one of the biggest things we need to do number two we need, just need to get involved case in point after this thing happened in East Palestine, I took it into my own hands because the media wasn't reporting anything on this. So called Sherrod Brown, just one of the two senators, J.D. Vance's office. Mike DeWine, old my, Mikey, Mikey DeWine there.
0: Old swampy Mike.
1: I, his office hasn't called me back since COVID days. Matter of fact, <laughs> they never called me back. I've never gotten local. a
0: response from them either. Did you get yeah. a response from J.D. Vance's office on the East mm-hmm. Palestine? I did. I did. I did. I left the voicemail and got nothing. Crickets.
1: They said he was over there. He was over there for days. You know, boots on the ground. I've contacted my uh, my local folks here. Contacted Bernie Willis, who's the 74th Ohio District. Contacted uh, contacted the previous uh, Kyle Kohler, uh, the previous representative. Contacted the uh, city manager. Contacted the water department. I see what kind of testing is done. For example, if this was to happen here. Do you know they don't even test for dioxins, like which is the byproduct. Hydrochloric rain is one of them from the plume, which acidifies the environment, the soil, the water, everything. Yep. And dioxins are these very, very small little chemicals. And we had a podcast with Dr. Harvey Bank, which is where I learned about this stuff. But dioxins, they don't even test for this stuff, and it's a very highly carcinogenic uh, chemical that gives you all kinds of cancers and uh, called the health de- or health department. They don't test for it. Water department doesn't test for it. Sewer treatment department. They don't. I think they only remove about 3% of dioxins. So just started looking into this stuff and it just doesn't make sense. You know that there was such a lack of response. I called the Ohio EPA. I called the national EPA. I called the organization. It's called Ohio River because it's an interstate river that touches six states which would all be impacted, or Sanko, they don't test for dioxins. So I've got more questions than I've got answers at the moment. And so, I'm just concerned at the lack of response that we have. And people, you know, people don't. I'm one guy. You're one guy. We're right. one voice. So if people don't get involved and kind of start shaking the tree, and that's why I think you saw with the second derailment here in Springfield about a week ago, right away, right away, we you know, they were on it. Seems like it at least. And But there was nothing in the carts. I mean, it was four, I think, four four carts, maybe benzene. or It, it wasn't anything like what was burned off in East Palestine. Nothing right. even close. Well, oh, I even, I even contacted the Ohio Department of Transportation because I go <laughs> kayaking a lot. And the bridges, do you know they, they only inspect the bridges twice a year for the railroads? I sent them several pictures um, of bridges that are dilapidated, one of them being in between 41 and Eagle City Road, the other one over there by the reservoir. Yep. So
0: well and I think Arthur this I'm so glad you 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 brought this up and every single detail that you just outlined of the phone calls alone that you made and the organizations and the representatives like uh, could you imagine guys for those of you listening if there would have been 20,000 to 30,000 Arthur Solomons making those phone calls over and over and over and over again. You know, there's an old saying, I tell my staff and my employees this all the time when we're trying to get business done and deals done. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. And Arthur, that is a perfect example. And I'm glad that you brought it up. One way you can get active, is make phone calls. Call and ask questions. And that's so powerful. So, so far I've heard you say, uh, one vote, like your action items for people are get out and vote, volunteer to be a poll watcher, and then call your reps and call them often. Any what else do you think people can do immediately? Well,
1: I would just add also that took for me about a couple hours to do it. it didn't take that long. I It took me long because I went down the rabbit hole, but. I think people need to talk amongst each other. People need to build up their community, you know, as we are, like, we need to know our local farmers. We need to know, like, our local. We need to build our local community. Um, Meaning, I don't know, you know, this is a crazy time to be alive. You've got uh, these, imagine, just imagine, all the power is gone. All electricity is gone. Just like an apocalyptic kind of situation. Who would you go to? Like, Right. Who is our community? How do we, how do we, you know, I think you mentioned this in one of your podcast, you know, first people are, would become savages, you know, they ransack everything. The strongest would survive. And if you're the enemy, well, that's the perfect time to come in. Sure is. So, how do we get a bunch of people together that are of the same mindset and spread the word?
0: Yeah. I, th- I think that's, um, incredibly, incredibly important, building up the community, know who's who, because in the event, you know, and if you guys haven't heard the episode, go back and listen to the China invasion episode. It'll kind of give you some insight into what we're talking about here. But in the event that were to happen, all the the whole grid goes out. That could be the one thing that prevents the chaos is If we get into our communities and we get off our phones and get out of Facebook and Netflix and all this stuff and build the communities back, it could be the difference in chaos ensuing or chaos not ensuing because we know who's in our community and who we can trust and, you know, who's good for what. You know, this guy has, you know, firewood. This guy has... Chickens and this guy, you know, this guy has supplies. Uh, we, would, we wouldn't we would immediately go into chaos mode, you know, and, and the savage mode that I, I worry would ensue. Um, and I think we'd be much better prepared for anything like that.
1: Yeah. And one of the things that I want to mention is, You know, if things do go into chaos, it's important to have a place where, you know, your community can have a base essentially where you guys can have a garden and animals and guys and gals, I should say. Um, That's maybe off grid where you have some, you know, a pond, stream, you know, woods, things of that nature, if you get the the, the idea. So, um, so it's important to have all of those components and on top of that you gotta have what are you gonna eat you're gonna eat grass right you know do you have stuff to eat that can last for a long time do you have water right you have seeds you have tools you have experience you have knowledge or do you have people that that specialize in that like for example i've been learning a lot about uh i like four patriots so i bought their like the foods and different things that that People should consider getting just as an emergency precaution, you know, stock up on uh, things to defend yourself with and others. So that's that's what we need to be focusing on and not focusing on what the news is talking about and what kind of crap they want you to be brainwashed with. That's all a distraction.
0: Yeah. And I totally agree with the uh, mindset of preparedness. You know, in, in business, we always say. Uh, a failure to plan is a plan to fail and i think the same is true in our society currently because if if you're not prepared for for like things to go sideways you're going to be the first to go and um i I don't think it's tinfoil hat stuff i don't think it's crazy um I just think a failure to plan is a plan to fail. My wife and I just recently bought a piece of property out in the country that can be self-sustaining. And uh, it's for that reason. Not We pray to God every day this country doesn't go off the rails or we don't get some crazy you know, EMP exploded and knocking out. I mean, we don't want that to happen. I pray every day it never happens. But you can bet your butt I'll be ready if it does. And I, I think it's smart to make sure Everybody is ready. So, uh, one thing I kind of want to circle back to, and then I'll ask you a a couple more questions here. How much of you know where you came from? You know, Russia, and you know you still have family there. And you made that comment about your mom saying you know she she wanted to be free. How much of that do you think? uh, This may be a dumb question, but how much of that do you think led? to your current belief system or did you Mm. adapt some of your belief systems after you know being in america
1: you know it's interesting god works in mysterious ways you know i grew up kind of in a you know there was no religion in soviet union so we didn't grow up in a a a religious home we never you basically pray to god Hey God, I need this. Oh, keep me safe during travels, kind of thing. You know, the Orthodox Church wasn't really all that influential. You know, right? My, I grew up in a kind of a different environment than my family and my kids are growing up in because we do have God as the center of of what this family is about. Like we're we're alive because God gave us the opportunity to live today. So, um, I would say because of what I've went through and how I've lived my life at that point has showed me that God has basically revealed that, hey, I've, I've got a, I've got a plan here for you. Um, so I don't know if it was my mom. It's probably a combination of all those things. My mom's, I think the, the biggest thing I got from my mom was the fact that she was a, just a diehard entrepreneur. She just worked and worked and worked, two, three jobs, 80 hours a week, just working all the time. So I'd say the biggest that thing I took away from my mom's experience and is her determination to... And she had a dream. She had a dream and a determination to get to America and to establish family here and to um, be free.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good. And, you know, I got to commend you as an entrepreneur for having a voice and not being afraid to speak and speak publicly. I see you do it often. I admire it and I need to commend you for doing it um i know for a long time i wouldn't do it and i know you and i had several private conversations around the last election and uh i believe there's not enough entrepreneurs out there speaking up and and that bothers me and i've literally heard entrepreneurs say out loud doesn't matter who's in office doesn't matter who's in the white house doesn't matter who's in congress you can make money and any environment, any economy, and yeah, and maybe there are some truths to that. But listening to your story and hearing what you said, it's kind of hard to being on to be an entrepreneur if you don't have the freedom to do it. And I think that's what's at stake now. I me, mean, it's why I'm doing the show. It's why I'm publicly speaking out now. Whereas before, I wouldn't do it because I felt as an entrepreneur, I have an obligation to make sure our freedoms stay intact. Otherwise, my way of life, my ability to create something where nothing existed before goes away. So, and I don't know how you feel about entrepreneurs speaking out, speaking up. And I think some of it is cowardness, cowardice, I should say, because um, they're afraid it's going to negatively affect their business. Um, but I believe if you don't, you don't have the freedom to create what we create. And so I got to commend you for saying it and, you know, for being a vocal entrepreneur.
1: Well, same to you. And I appreciate this podcast. You know, I've watched the majority of the episodes and gotten a lot of value um, from, from this. And, you know, it's good to see, it's good to see that because I, you know, I am pretty open. I mean, I'm not, I didn't come to America so we can be like just a silent voice. You know, and I think your values and your beliefs, they have to overflow not just in business. Like you can't hide behind some public image and then you're what Clinton say. She's got a, she's got a policy for when people are watching and then she's got a different policy and like the behind the closed doors. I don't believe in that. Yeah. You know, so I'm free. Like this conversation that we're having, it's to be about the same conversation I'd have with anybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's good. And I know that's true about you. Then um, it's good. And I think we need more. I just think we need more entrepreneurs to speak out and speak up and encourage. Because so many like so, so many of the circles that you and I are in, you know, some of these guys have thousands and thousands of, you know, people reach, you know, followers, uh, people that go to their seminars or masterminds or. You know, and I've noticed Grant Cardone recently has on Twitter, at least I haven't seen him do it on Facebook or Instagram, but even he's starting to speak up about freedoms. And and I commend him for I think he's going to say he's going to run for president, uh, which yeah, that's great. The more the merrier. Uh, but it's good that he's at least speaking up. And I, I these some of these guys have such a reach and a following. It would be so powerful if if they would also speak up and speak out and I hope they do. And if you're one of those guys listening, speak up, speak out. We're, we're waiting for it. And enough of this talk about how you can make money with anybody in any office. It's garbage and it's, it's hiding behind reality. So. uh, I agree with you. Yeah. What about getting your buddy, your buddy, uh, Oh, good old Larry Connor.
1: You're going to have him on the show?
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, I can reach out and ask. You know, it would be interesting to get his take because I never actually, in in the times that I was around him, I never, I kind of got a sense of which way, you know, he leans. And I I do think it's freedom based. I think it's very, obviously he has the the super entrepreneurial uh, uh, presence about him and belief system. Um, but I, you know, I don't really know what he believes politically or what he thinks uh, as a whole, but I do believe he would be interesting to talk to. So I'll have to, I'll have to make a note and see if maybe old Larry wants to come on the show, but, you know, Larry's one of those private guys. I mean, unless, unless he's giving an interview about commercial real estate or flying to space or Baja racing, He's pretty tight knit and, you know, he's not on any of the social media channels. He's he's a more old school, uh, classical Grant Cardone, who doesn't believe in constant media attention to build his his portfolio. And that's not a swipe at Grant. I I, I like Grant and I, I think he does a lot of good, good things. But yeah, no, that's that's a good idea. I'll reach out and see if maybe he wants to give me an interview. That'd be awesome.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I just had uh, Terry Rittenhouse. He's uh he's got a ton of property in, in Urbana and the guy's vocal, he's a vocal guy, vocal entrepreneur. And uh it, we just it, that hasn't even come out yet. Uh should be up today, that podcast. And we just renamed our podcast, All Things Freedom. All oh, things nice. freedom. It used to be just this used to be the Solomon Hustles podcast. So yeah, I, I didn't, think do,
0: I, I didn't know that. I would have said it at the intro for people to check out. I'm glad you brought it up.
1: If you're curious, it's, it's on Rumble. I've kind of shifted my my YouTube. is I don't know what's wrong with the algorithm. It doesn't really populate that much. I've had a lot more reach on Rumble, and I literally just, just started one video on there. And I need to get some help. I need to talk to you, pick your brain, on how to streamline this stuff so we can put out more content, daily content. That's why I like what you're doing a lot. Yeah, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll get together offline and and have a chat about it. And it's, you know, I'm a solo podcaster. I, I've got my own little setup here and I, I have streamlined because I have to. I mean, you know how busy it is when you're trying to build a real estate company. And so I get this small sliver of window in the morning to, to do the whole show. And I don't edit this stuff. I mean, if I screw up, maybe I'll take out a little piece, but dude, I just go live. I record and I'm going to start bringing, for those of you listening and Arthur, we can we can talk more offline, but I'm also going to start the the video side of it here. We're in the middle of redoing a building on the property and I'm going to put a little studio in there so that I can have it all set up and and live stream the podcast so you can watch it live and then if if you can't catch it live, you, it'll still be on Apple, uh Spotify and all the places you can get I'm on every platform um that you can post a podcast to. So but yeah, let's get together on that and yeah, guys, check out all things freedom. And you said it's on Rumble. And are you on Was Apple, it... Spotify, all that good stuff?
1: No, that's where I need to maybe consult with you, get some ideas. I just don't yeah. have the time. It t- it takes so long, and the video stuff is just like it takes forever. If you're doing the 4K resolution stuff, and the yeah. file is millions of mega, you know, yeah.
0: so it's a yeah, lot. so. It's a lot, and it's uh, not my
1: expertise for sure. And you know, if someone is thinking about doing a podcast, like you don't even—it doesn't have to be anything fancy. You can go live. You can do a reel. Yeah, you know, and you don't need those... I've had because I've had people reach out to me like, "Hey, what what do I need to do? I want to start a podcast." You can do do just shoot a Facebook live.
0: Shoot a Facebook live. Call call 100%. it a podcast. <laughs> yeah, dude. And we need more people doing it. Um, get on your reels. Get on your lives. Get whatever platform. Just pull your phone out and start going. It doesn't have to be a classical podcast. It could be anything, but just because I'm doing it and Arthur's doing it and all these other, like the more voices that we have, the better. Like, so do it. And I hope maybe this inspires somebody listening. Do it, do do whatever it takes. And uh, I appreciate you bringing that up and I appreciate you. I didn't realize you guys you know, we're doing uh, or changed your format to your podcast. And that's, that's awesome. Um, a couple more things here, and then we're going to have to wrap it up because I know both of us have to get to work. Um, who do you, who do you like in this next presidential election? I mean, who are you going to, is there anybody you're supporting right now? Or are you still sitting back and watching and waiting to see or is there anybody you'd like to see win? I mean, where, where are you at on this next election cycle? Hmm.
1: You know, there's several candidates I like. You know, the greatest governor in the whole United States. I like uh, Ron DeSantis a lot, um, due to just a warrior. I like him a lot. I like uh, I like Trump. I think Trump is the most. He he kind of he kind of knows the players now. Yeah. I don't know that anyone else knows all the players like he does. There's people that've been endorsed that screwed him. There's been people that um that I'm not, you know, you, you kind of go through that process. You I don't know if anyone can have a better understanding of the system. And I don't know that anyone has the backbone to step up to the system besides, you know, who who's gonna go and challenge. I mean, he publicly called out the CIA. What president goes out there like the guy's just he's just
0: a warrior. Well, and that, you know, how did we get to a place where uh, politicians are afraid to call out the CIA and the FBI? That alone should raise flags for every American that we're not in a good place with our country right now. I like Trump and I voted for Trump. I supported Trump. We've had many private conversations about this. And my reasoning for supporting Trump is because he was an outsider. He was not a career politician. He was not bought and paid for. He And I believe if, if Trump knew he could have got to the White House as a Democrat, he would have ran as a Democrat. And I would have voted for him as a Democrat. Um, but I think the opening and the party that fit draining the swamp at that time that fit more on the Republican side. And that's why he chose to run. But. My support was simple. The guy was an outsider. He he wasn't bought and paid for. And his commitment was, I'm going to go drain the swamp. And the reason I believe he was well on his way to draining the swamp, is because the swamp came after him in, to an extreme. Um, there is one candidate guy that's an out, Beck, uh Ramaswamy. Have you seen him? What do you think about him?
1: I'm not familiar with him.
0: Hey. Hey. <clears throat> yeah, he's uh he's from Cincinnati. He's an entrepreneur. Uh he has a uh investment fund company uh headquartered down there in Cincinnati and he's been making his rounds a lot on like CNBC and places like that. Uh he's of Indian descent, which I think it's cool, and uh he's more of a conservative but more importantly, he's against government waste and wokeness. Um, you know, because he sees it for what it is. It's a Marxist communist talking point and attempt to divide and get people to, you know, it's psychological subversion. It's it's a wokeness is nothing more than an attempt to get people to admit things are real that aren't, right? That it's a it's a it's a uh diversion of reality because. If I can get you to believe things are true that are clearly not true and and not only believe it, but passionately support it, I can get you to believe anything. And that's, that's wokeness. It's just another component of Marxist. So he's against that. I like him. I, I want to see what he has to hear. Of course, I'm not prepared to support anyone completely yet or endorse anyone but uh i think it's interesting and and uh i think marianne williamson is gonna primary joe biden i think the democrat party is gonna destroy her but i think that's awesome that she's gonna primary uh joe biden and i think we need to do more of that so many people because of the party lines won't primary people like we see that at state local levels and. And I think it should happen every time, like somebody primary, this person, I don't care if they've been in office for 20 years, give them a challenge because that's one way we can hold them accountable until we can get term limits established. We have to primary every candidate that runs period. The end. (coughs) So, so that's, I don't know. That's my thought. That's my opinion. But, uh, yeah. You'll have to check I, out, uh, Vex.
1: Dude, I got so many calls coming in. Sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah. have to check him out. give me, give me his name one more time. Let me write yeah. Vec
0: Ramaswamy. Vex
1: Ramaswamy. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm always open to, uh, to other folk and their, and their thoughts at the very least I can listen, make a, make a judgment on them.
0: So, so for those of you listening, if you didn't notice, uh, Arthur went silent there for a second. And the next thing out of his mouth was, man, I'm getting so many phone calls. That's what being an entrepreneur is. So when I end the show every day by guys, I got to get to work. It's because I know that's what's on the other end is phone calls, phone calls, phone calls and making stuff happen. And Arthur's doing it right here on the show for everybody to witness the the life of an entrepreneur. I think that's awesome. Uh, Well, so. DeSantis and Trump is who you're keeping your eye on. Yeah. Check out Ramaswami uh, Ramaswamy. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I had to clear my throat there. Um, so Arthur, I want to finish with, uh, you know, we, we kind of talked about your, your story like where your, your origin story, where you came from, et cetera, like kind of where you, you know, where you fit on the political spectrum, what you think people need to do to take action. Now uh, we heard, uh, you know, who you are watching for the the president election. That's all good and great. But the premise of the show, and I, I got to get your input on this, the premise of the show is that there's a uniparty in America right now, and we have to break away from that. What are your thoughts specifically on that? Do you Do you still believe in political affiliations or party affiliations? Or are you putting most of your beliefs behind just your value system?
1: I, I, I don't consider myself uh, a Republican. I don't consider myself a Democrat. I just consider myself a, a rational person that that um, believes that government was intended <clears throat> to be for the people and not something that, that controls people. So I must... I think we need to be a smaller government. I think our government is super bloated. I think we need term limits. I think it is a unit system, you know, and that's the way it was set up. That's the setup. And then you have people that have been there for a long time, like Mitch McConnell, like Mike DeWine, like Nancy Pelosi, Feinstein. You just go down the line. These people have been there forever. And guess what? They've got the connections with the big pharma. They have the connections with all these industries, the lobbyists. And that's why the system is the way that it is. So you, you hit on the term limits. We definitely need term limits. Um, and until we get that, I don't know how the system is really going to change that much. Yeah. I agree. If, you, if you've been in office for 50 years, you know all of the strings to pull. Yep. That's the way that it is. Yeah. And then you look at people like, uh, and why are they in there? And why are they voting this way? And why are they... They likely are blackmailed. Mm-hmm. Maybe they went to some specific island that <laughs> whose name uh, whose name is, yeah, I won't mention, but they <laughs> might have gone to some island and secretly oh, been been pictured, you know, and now there's some blackmail or there's some other things in play why they
0: do what they do. I'll go ahead and say it. anybody that's been to Epstein's Island is immediately suspect or as the kids say these days, sus, anybody, anybody knowing what went on, went on, on that Island, anybody who flew in there is immediately suspect. And I don't care what you do for a career. If you're a politician or in Hollywood or what you're suspect. And, uh, and I, you know, it's like, I, I, people all have the you know presumption of innocence but man anybody that went there in my mind is instantly suspect um i'll say it i don't care well how but much I, how
1: much how much of that list has been published i mean Oh, I, well, I think a fraction you, small fraction yeah Do you remember that painting of a uh, a previous president that we had yeah who was married Clinton. to
0: yeah in the dress in the blue dress and high that? heels
1: <laughs> they he, 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 uh there's got to be some sort of level to blackmail how they keep these people in the position that they want them to be.
0: Well, so there were two paintings. There was Bill Clinton in the blue dress and the high heels. And there was the George Bush painting where he's sitting on the floor in the Oval Office with the knockdown Jenga blocks and two paper airplanes, kind of representing 9-11 like like maybe possibly it was an inside job and i i don't want to go down that rabbit hole today but two very interesting paintings found in epstein's residence so yeah there was definitely some dirty dirty stuff going on and pr- more than likely some black and i i genuinely believe you know that you know that was a memorial to some blackmail that epstein may or may not have had on some of these politicians but
1: mm, i yeah. never even seen that I, i'm looking at it right now oh yeah you never saw it no i just seen it for the first time
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah check that out dude it's crazy yeah if you guys haven't seen it just google it uh the one of george bush and uh and somebody mocked up one recently um it was it was a fake it wasn't in epstein's house or anything but Somebody recreated like that same concept with Joe Biden playing with a train set that derailed like in Ohio. Um, I thought it was, you know, not I'm not making light of the East Palestine disaster by any stretch of the imagination. But if you see that one going around the webs, that wasn't an Epstein painting. So just just so you know, but anyway,
1: (laughs) I started looking at these pictures with one of Bill Clinton and it looks like he's sitting on, on Barack Obama's lap and Joe Biden's behind Barack Obama sniffing him. You know, like that.
0: <laughs> he, they, man, They set themselves up. They do enough to make themselves suspect without going to a you know pervert island uh but anyway, man, well, we're going to have to cut it there because I know I got to get to work. And I know you do, too, because, I mean, you've been avoiding uh, phone calls the entire interview. But, uh, man, I appreciate you having on the show. But before we go, uh, why don't you tell people uh, how they can get a hold of you or, or check you out and uh, where they can do that app?
1: Uh, yeah, you can uh, visit visit our uh, Rumble page, uh, check out some of the podcasts. we got a Facebook page. You can... Follow our uh, business page, the Solomon Group at Cobble Banker. Um, Yeah, you can connect with us. All our information is on there.
0: Very cool. And make sure you guys check out All Things Freedom podcast on Rumble as well. Uh, Arthur, I appreciate you being here today. But, guys, we got to go. I got to get to work. I will be back with you again tomorrow morning. And I cannot wait until then. But until then, have a great American day. Take care.